0: Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Thursday. Said we were having a bit of a weirder week. It was going to be Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Well, here is your Thursday show. We've got another show coming for you tomorrow as well, where I'll give you my top five moments of franchise history, which we're doing all across the Locked On Podcast Network. And we'll hopefully have a guest to help out with that just a little bit. If not, it'll be me talking to you guys. And we'll have Have a good bit of fun with it. But today we've also got some news. We've got some news on Zion, what he's doing in the offseason, speaking to Ernie Johnson of TNT and NBA.com on their Twitter channel uh, account the other day. We've got an update on where... The NBA may look to try and play some of their games as they create a bubble to hopefully finish out the season. And then the NCAA is making some news as well that I think is worth touching on, which we'll do in the third segment. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So Zion gave an interview on Twitter, video interview with Ernie Johnson of TNT and the NBA. And nothing unbelievably illuminating in there, but I think we got... Uh, A few things out of this that make me feel a little bit better of everything going on because it is easy to kind of hope that these guys are still playing basketball, that they're in the right mindset, that they're doing all of the right things. And I think we've kind of seen that a lot of these guys haven't. Chris Paul said he hasn't shot at all since the layup lines, essentially, on the night that the season was suspended. It was like two months ago at this point or years. I don't know. And so to hear Zion say and tell Ernie Johnson that, and you know, Zion's a guy we, who could easily put on weight. Not moving could be a big thing. We already know all the issues with that and what people say. So him being in shape, him working out, him playing the game is a minor concern. I don't think his weight was a problem this year, but if you put on more weight, yeah, probably. Uh, and Zion said in this interview, he goes, honestly, I'm ready now. I've been staying in shape. I don't want to have to look around and say, sorry, guys, I'm just not ready. I want to stay ready for my teammates. That is exactly what we want to hear. And the Pelicans have done a good job with the team of shipping them exercise bikes, of getting them equipment, having training sessions through Zoom and other things to really keep these guys in shape and ready to play whenever that is. So that is a very, very cool Thing to see, and I'm happy that Zion is still working out. He says he has a hoop, so hopefully, he's working on that jumper a little bit. That would be great if he came back and it was a little bit better. I don't think we should be expecting many, many changes from it, but I think it is a very good thing that he could be playing the game a little bit better. He also talked about Rookie of the Year, saying he was happy for John Morant, who he played on the same AAU team with for a brief period of time, that he is happy for him and the success that he's having, but wants to win Rookie of the Year himself. That's a great thing. You want kind of that competitive fire in this guy. It's easy to come in and say like, yeah, I'm not disappointed because... I didn't play the whole season jaw did. So yeah, he's going to get rookie of the year and you can kind of play it off. Like it's no big deal, but to say that you'll be stung when Zion doesn't win and John Moran is going to win rookie of the year that he's upset by it, that he wanted to win it. I kind of like that. It's, You know, it shows these guys are kind of people too. And then it shows that he's going to be competitive and that he's not going to play down things that he wants to go out and win and things maybe he just wants in general. So I see this as a positive thing from him that he's upset he might not win Rookie of the Year. It's not, you know, angry at John Morant. It's just he wishes it was his and he wants to. And that's a good quality to have in your future star player, franchise player, whatever, you know, you want to call him. So there you have the summary of his interview with Ernie Johnson. So we'll talk about where the NBA may play some basketball. And I like this idea. It's been an idea that's been out there for a little bit now. And it's cool to see the NBA. Either If they didn't come up with it themselves, that's fine. And took this and ran with it because it's good. That's kind of as simple as that. And it's nice to see them thinking maybe a little bit out of the box on everything. But before I do that, let me tell you about kind of my secret weapon during all of this time that I've been using to kind of self-improve when we're all stuck inside and it can be easy just to play video games the whole time and I'm doing a bunch of that. But you also wanna kind of go through some self-improvement and use this as a positive lemons into lemonade, that sort of thing. And what I've been using is Blinkist, where we now have all the time to sit down to read and learn more and Blinkist is an incredible app that's making the most efficient use of this time for me. It's really unique and it works on your phone, tablet or your web browser. And Blinkist takes the best key takeaways, the need to know information from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down to just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. It's a great time for self-improvement. Work out more by getting outside and just running or learn a new skill, learn something new, learn about a topic that you've always wanted to learn about, and then start applying that to your everyday life. You have the ability to do so now when normally you wouldn't take advantage of it. And I like Blinkist because of that. It's awesome when I am sending emails, I have it on in the background. When I'm going for a run, I'm listening to it as well to make the most of the time that I have here. And I'm getting some really great things. So, for a limited time, Blinkist will give you unlimited access. Sorry, with Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. And right now, for a limited time, there we go, Blinkist has a special offer for just our audience go to blinkist.com slash nba and try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription that's blinkist spelled b-l-i-n-k-i-s-t blinkist.com slash nba to start your seven-day trial you'll also save 25% off but only when you sign up at blinkist.com slash nba so the NBA's thrown out the idea that they may play some basketball in Vegas. We've heard that before, kind of building a bubble around one of the hotels that kind of has everything you could want uh, for all of it. It makes a lot of sense. If you're going to do this, building a bubble is kind of the only way this is going to be a thing. We haven't heard about a new location until really just yesterday. And this comes on the heels of... Of Keith Smith, who's a Celtics writer and does a lot of front office salary cap stuff, talking about this. It sounds like he used to work for Walt Disney World, and it sounds like the NBA is looking at potentially having their season playoffs, whatever it is, at Walt Disney World. As that's where they're going to build the bubble to keep players isolated and away from the outside world. Frankly, that place is same exact thing as a Vegas Hotel, just aimed at different audiences. They have all the infrastructure for this. You can house people on there and keep everyone quarantined, including the people that are taking care of the players that are cooking the food, that are cleaning the rooms and all of that stuff. And it would work. This is kind of pretty similar to Vegas. I think the family friendlier idea makes a little bit more sense. Maybe the players could then bring their families with them to this sort of thing, which could be a very cool way and unique way to go about doing this. You also have built in advantages with ESPN being owned by Disney and being able to just kind of create seamless partnerships and probably some of the infrastructures a little bit easier in Walt Disney World than it would be in Vegas. Another thing to kind of keep in mind is it sounds like the NBA is in no rush to finish the season, even with rumors being that they are willing to delay the start of next season so that they don't cut this season short. And this makes a ton of sense. I always hate the phrase, follow the money, because people just usually yell that and it's nonsensical. But this is one of those ones where you can follow the money. This period of time, right around when the season was uh, was getting postponed and now where we would be in the playoffs, in the second round of the playoffs, that... This is the money-making time for the NBA. The playoffs are where commercial revenue is at its highest, where eyes are on it the most, all of that stuff. So you're not going to cancel the playoffs or the end of the regular season necessarily, which which would have a ton of eyeballs on it and matter more than the regular season does. It's the playoffs after all, and brings you in more money so that you don't have to lose a month of next season in 15 to 20 games, let's say. You'd rather lose those 15 games that don't make you as much money so that you can get the playoffs currently this season. And that makes a lot of sense. So while I've been kind of pessimistic that we're going to see the NBA return this year, I don't know, you start thinking about it and thinking about following the money. Well, then maybe it seems like we could. So the fact that they're looking at all different options and probably, hopefully, coming to a consensus on what they at least want think is like 1A soon would be a very good thing. But it sounds like it could be at Walt Disney World, which as a backdrop for everything, sounds like it could be pretty cool. So we'll wrap up the show talking about the NCAA, but don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. Still here with you all three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, something like that, usually Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and not going anywhere anytime soon. So I'm very excited to still be talking basketball with you all, hopefully providing a bit of an escape. We've had some really good interviews and people on over the past couple of weeks, hopefully another one tomorrow, uh, which would be a lot of fun and I'm excited about. Also, go listen to the one last Friday with Will Guillory, who absolutely... Absolutely killed it on there. Also, Andrew Lopez of ESPN a couple weeks ago was awesome, too. He had basically a whole week. And then I had the game day crew of Caroline Gonzalez, Theo Mitchell, and Betsy Borrego on as well. If you want to learn more kind of about everything going on around the team, listen to all those interviews. And support Locked on Pelicans by subscribing wherever you get your podcast from. So the NCAA. So there's a couple things going on here. First, and I talked about this on Locked On NBA on Wednesday, is they had this guy from UCLA who was a a five-star rated point guard decide to skip UCLA and go straight into the G League and the new kind of development team that they're building, which you're seeing some of the top guys do cool, that's great. People think this is the death of the NCAA. It is not because someone just uh, you know takes that kid's place in his scholarship and the world goes forward. I don't think people are watching college basketball because of the players necessarily, unless you get someone like Zion, but more because of the teams. You like Duke, you like North Carolina, you like Kentucky, Kansas, UCLA, any of the blue Michigan State, any of the blue-blooded teams you really like, and you want to watch because of that. I will tune in for Duke, North Carolina, regardless of whether those teams are good or not. You know, I think it's kind of the same for a lot of people. So I don't think this is like the death to the NCAA. What might be a little bit interesting, but could help them now, is that the NCAA, forced by California, Florida, and I think New York too and other places, have an endorsement plan in place for players to make money off their likenesses. And I'm not going to go into the specifics of it. I haven't even read all of the specifics of it. But basically, these guys can earn a little bit of money, money potentially a lot of money, while they're in undergrad now, in college, playing college basketball. And this should help retain some of these people, I think. And so this is actually a boon for the NCAA and not necessarily the death of the NCAA either. If you have a guy who could be number one overall, or not number one, who could be a lottery pick but gets hurt, does he take the risk of going into the NBA draft? Or does he maybe return to school for another year to raise his draft stock knowing that he has some endorsement money, maybe he makes 100000 in his back pocket? could be, you know, it's not the NBA money you'd be getting necessarily, but if you want to make more long-term, maybe it's the right play. You know, maybe you have more endorsement money than that. I don't know what the the amounts are going to be, um, but yeah, you know, they're going to try and ensure it sounds like the, the, the compensation is realistic, reasonable. It's not just a booster being like, here's 5 million uh, when, you know, maybe the endorsement is worth 100,000 or so, but we'll we'll see. So I think this is actually maybe a You know, if you're the NCAA and the people in suits running all of this, that this is a good thing for them and that this will help keep some of that better talent there. I'm not sure, you know, particularly as we get to a one and getting rid of the one and done rule, I think it might too, because those guys won't go to college anyway. There'll be more solid players entering the NBA draft every single year without the one and done rule. So maybe that means that you want to stay in college an extra year, make some more endorsement money, and kind of see if you can improve your draft stock. So all of this. I don't think really impacts the NCAA much. I know people want it to be, shit, I want it to be. The NCAA is dumb and the way they rule all of this stuff is really stupid. But I don't think this is that death blow that we were all hoping for, that we all thought might be coming just yet. And it seems like, if anything, this might actually help the NCAA with the product out there on the court. So we will see, though. And, of course, who knows when things will get back to being played and what the ramifications of all of this are going to be, and it's going to take years for that sort of thing. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to do top five moments of franchise history. If you've got one, let me know on Twitter, at Nola Jake, hopefully with a special guest as well. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.